T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, I've been to Iraq twice. And if you've never been... uh. Iraq and probably Afghanistan, I'm going to assume, don't have exactly what you'd call the best sanitation in the world in that they don't have really uh, landfills. They don't have recycling plants and all this other stuff. So the way they get their trash is how people have been doing it since time immemorial. They burn it. Now, when I was stationed on uh, camp, no, it was it was Fab Merez in Solder City in 2008, there was a burn pit not, I'd say, 300 yards away from my chew. So I always had that kind of stench of burnt plastic in there. And it bothered me a little bit. But, I mean, at the same, at the time, I was outside smoking cigarettes, breathing the stuff in, going, eh, whatever. You know, if I get cancer, I'm going to get cancer anyway. That, that horrible thing to say. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Please ignore that. Kids, don't smoke. But uh, it, it, it wasn't until I got back that people told me, hey, this might be bad for you. And the military has a bit of a history with that, which is why we welcome the VFW's Associate Legislative Director, Ken Wiseman. Ken, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Good morning, everybody. Uh, you know, the Surgeon General will be calling about cigarettes in a little bit. Yeah, I know they probably will. And, hey, I'm quitting on Monday. There you go. I'm, I'm quitting on Monday. I, I got the patches and everything. There I'm you go. ready to go. So the military has a history with this, and it's not just burn pits, as I assume, right? That's correct. You know, industrial compounds, defoliants like Agent Orange, uh, burn pits, uh, contaminated water in places like Camp Lejeune or Lejeune, depending on how you pronounce it. There is a long distinguished, unfortunately distinguished history of where the military has come into these areas. And when they come home, uh, in, in some cases, not long after they come home, our service members are developing problems. Okay. Uh, before we go further, let's back up a little bit. Uh, are you a veteran yourself? Yes. I spent 13 years in the Navy. I was a chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear defense specialist. For all the Navy folks listening, I was a damage controlman. So shout out to all the surface warfare folks out there. Uh, so I guess the Army office was closed that day. You know, I, I scored real high on my ASVAB, and uh, I know who both my parents are, and uh, I don't Ooh. eat crayons. So uh, I went in the United States Navy. Ooh. Ooh. All right. We're, I'm just going to let that one slide, but uh, I know. Uh I don't play golf either, so there's the Air Force. Yeah, there you go, pretty much. Uh, actually, I don't know if I ever told you this. The way I selected the Army, it wasn't because I had some... I had a connection to the Army. My uh, my grand, my grandfather, my uh, great-uncle, both served in World War II in the Army. But honestly, when I walked in there, the office, they had four doors. They had the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Right. And from the angle I came in, the Army was the closest door. Sure. So I walked into there. That's how I ended up in the army. You know, it, it happens to the best uh, to uh, to really to all of us. You know, we have that way that we ended up in our in our branch. Some of it's family. Uh, my family was mostly army. Uh, I had one uncle that went in the navy like I did. He was a corpsman. He joined the navy. Grew up in Boston. He joined the navy to see the world. They put him at the naval hospital in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> so that happens. That same thing happened to me. I joined the army to see the world. First place they sent me was Kansas. There you go. Big world out there in Kansas. I know. Now, historically. Things like Agent Orange have been, uh, we've, there are organi entire organizations dedicated to that. Now, what is the VFW's goal with this regarding toxic exposures? Like, what are y'all trying to do? 
So first of all, the VFW is taking a holistic approach to it. So not only are we going to talk about the veteran, but we also want to talk about how this impacts the follow-on generations. So there was recent legislation called the Toxic Exposure Research Act that will help go out and actually look at how this also impacts the families as well. Uh, we are not just talking about how this impacts men. We want to talk about how this impacts the ability for women to conceive and carry a child uh, to a full term, uh, as well as other associated conditions like breast cancer and things that this can cause. We want to talk about this from a research aspect. So we're not trying to take wild guesses in the night. We want to see real scientific approach to uh, whether or not a condition is connected. Like, for instance, uh, I'm also accredited to do VA claims, and so I can talk about this authoritatively. There are 14 conditions that currently are connected to Agent Orange, things uh, that include prostate cancer, uh, Parkinson's disease, and numerous types of cancers. There was science behind that, and so we want science to be behind anything that goes forward. Okay, now... We've mentioned Agent Orange, and that was it's his, it's storied for its toxicity. Sure. But what about burn pits? Like, I mean, I know you you burn something if you don't directly, if you're not right there. How can, what about burn pits is so toxic? So there was a lot of things that we disposed of in the burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan. For those of you who did not go to Iraq and Afghanistan, it wasn't your normal campfire. It was literally, I have a piece of trash, go throw it in the burn pit. So your things like plastics and, and some of your heavier uh, construction materials that were used, because we built these bases in the midst of nowhere, right out of the desert, a whole base would rise up. And so when you go to destroy that, you're going to be burning some stuff that uh, you really shouldn't be burning, because when you inhale it, you're going to end up with a lot of respiratory and pulmonary function uh, dis uh, disabilities and conditions. And there's a lot of research that's already showing that veterans are having these problems. They're dying from some of these cancers. Wow. And, and it's, it's absurd to see how fast some of these are called plumes. They spike in certain parts of the population. Um, and a great example there is when you look at like the contaminated water that was in Camp Lejeune, there was heavy metals in the water. One of the things that really tipped that into the spotlight, there was a plume of male breast cancer. What? For those who were stationed in Camp Lejeune, for a very short period of time, a number of years, uh, who spent more than 30 days there, uh, and they drank the water, and there was a spike of male breast cancer. So of everything, that really caught some people's attention. Okay. Now, uh, tell me a little bit more about the Camp Lejeune. Like, what exactly wasn't contaminating the water, and do you know how it happened? So, yeah, so uh, there were, so it was groundwater contamination. So if, if, instead of having city, uh, city plumbing, you think about if you grew up in the country, there was a well. So the well is just in the ground. Groundwater contamination, some of the industrial compounds that are real easy to, to find are things that um, we use in fuel, things that we use in, uh, uh, in, in places where we do a lot of heavy work. So we have a lot of underground fuel tanks from back in the day. Um, a great example is if you, if you go along, you'll hear people say, well, where these fuel pipelines are, they'll test the groundwater for benzene. Benzene's like a fingerprint. You cannot miss it. You cannot ignore it. It stands out in the night sky. So when you go and you test the groundwater, which is what happened in Camp Lejeune, there was the groundwater contamination from fuel tanks and other heavy compounds that got in. Uh, and as a result, so there is a, there's a list of several uh, conditions that are associated with that. And those, not just the veterans nowadays, there's actually a presumptive list for the veterans. There's also a presumptive list for family members. Camp Lejeune is one of the few that because these family members, this was a domestic base, these family members were also impacted. There is a presumptive listing from them for them as well. And uh, the VA pays for these family members to get health care. Oh, very good. That's uh, Speaking of the VA, tell me, what exactly is the VA doing about this? Because I know the VA does a lot of research. And uh, they have, have they before 
research about this, or has it really just been this recent thing, this recent plumes, as you're saying, that have really spurred them on? So time has come along, and, and when you file a VA claim, you can file individually or under a presumptive class. So you come in individually and you just say the greater preponderance of evidence says that I have X condition and it is related to my time in service. You can either have a clear-cut diagnosis or you can have a really long history of symptomology that is later diagnosed. When you come in with a presumptive class, it's where we've done this science. And so science came along and legislative activism, groups like the VFW, AMVETS, Vietnam Veterans of America, the American Legion, Disabled American Vets, really pushed hard on Capitol Hill. And we pushed for the research because, again, we want a straight answer. And what we've seen is that the VA has been able to go out and partner uh, with the National Academy of Science and Medicine. It used to be called the Institute of Medicine, and it's the National Academy of Science and Medicine. And they look at the entire body of research that's out there. They commission new studies, and they actually make real connections to things that are out there. This is an evolving list. Uh, the VA is looking at uh, the idea of adding conditions for, uh, for Agent Orange, additional conditions. And so this is an evolving list as science comes on. And there's a lot of money that is rightfully spent to find a real answer. All right. Now, uh, going back to burn pits, tell me something. When did it first become apparent that there are connections directly related to burn pits? Because I know there, I mean, I was in Iraq, I was a tanker, and I got covered in so many different chemicals from hydraulic fluid to engine oil fluid, uh, uh, CLP, cleaning the weapons, all this stuff. When did it become apparent sure. that this was directly related to burn pits? Uh, so not long after the first round of troops started coming home, we started seeing problems. Uh, there is a burn pit registry that the VA runs. There's over 120,000 veterans uh, who are on it. If you're not on it, I encourage you to go get on it. So if you're in Iraq or Afghanistan, you can go to the VA. You can just Google VA burn pit registry, and it tells you what you got to do to be able to register. They literally started tracking that soon because, again, as time has gone on, because this has been a reoccurring theme, it's like literally just pick a theater, there's a thing there. you know. And Agent Orange was actually used on the Korea DMZ. It was actually used in Thailand. It was used outside of, of Vietnam. The Guam was an advanced staging base. There's a lot of contamination there. So as time has gone on, we've learned more and become smarter. We started recognizing these problems sooner. And as a result, we started cataloging these problems sooner. Uh, we've also seen, and I know a lot of people talk about this, after 9-11, there were a lot of nonprofits for veterans that popped up everywhere. And some of them were very focused on the issues that are faced by veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan Whereas in past generations, we didn't necessarily have that. So with the advancement of medicine, a better focus, and more spotlight, we were able to see this sooner. That's good because hopefully we'll get to the bottom of this sooner. But it's bad because we've also been able to see that the deaths were already happening as people were coming home. Wow, that's really sad. Um, now... We we use the the Pacific. We use the specific examples of Agent Orange in Vietnam and as well as uh, Guam. We've talked about the waters at Camp Lejeune. We talked about burn pits. Are there any other really like standout uh, connections or conditions from other theaters or something like that? Absolutely. You know, there's two other there's two other ones that really stand out, and one uh, is probably more well known, and that is. Persian, the Persian Gulf uh, theater of operations, we had the Gulf War. And so we have Gulf War syndrome. Uh, we were there in the early 90s. Gulf War syndrome has a, a long list of uh, symptoms that medicine just is not connected to an outright condition. And then there are some also some cancers that are thought to be presumptive as well. And the VFW is working right now to get legislation in that will include those conditions. 
Then there's the ones that uh, sometimes aren't really talked about because maybe they're still classified, and that's why the VFW strongly supports declassification of documents. And that would happen to be with chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear weapons testing. Inuitak Atoll, uh, Maralinga, and Woomera, which are actually in Australia. It was Australian land, British testing. There was an American base to to uh, keep an eye on that and to help participate in the in the testing and monitoring. These are folks that have radiation exposure problems. These are these are folks who uh, I've met women who cannot conceive because of the radiation exposure. Oh, wow! And so I, I know Desert Storm veterans, women who are in the same position. And so this is something that uh, you know they're not necessarily talking a lot about. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of Project Shad 112, which was uh, part of Operation Desiree. It was a defense-wide testing of chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear weapons against all things living and non-living. And they literally would take ships out to sea. They'd line people out on the outside of the ship. And then they would just throw things in the air and, you know, planes would fly by and spray things. And they would say, well, you know, at the time we didn't think it was dangerous. Science has proven it's dangerous. And so we worked hard. Uh, and what started with focusing on Project Shad 112, we were able to work with Congressman Mike Thompson out of California, uh, as well as uh, Senator Jerry Moran uh, from Kansas. And we were able to get some language inserted into the recent uh, defense budget, the National Defense Authorization Act, that leads to better declassification. We need the records. Some veterans may not win their claim. When the truth comes out, sorry, come find out you weren't exposed. But at least give them the opportunity to see the records and be able to file that claim. Let's have truth to this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like when you when someone is transitioning and they're about to get out, the VA claims people tell you claim everything. Yes. Because you never know when it may come back around. You never know when some new research may come out Keep that you were affected by your it. record. Make one copy for your house. Make another copy for a safe deposit box. I can't tell you how many veterans would come in and see me. I've got this problem. We're ready to go. We're ready to file. Then they go, I don't have my record. And the other big one is when you're in theater and you come out of theater and you get your DD-214, if you have the Global War on Terrorism Expeditionary Medal, that does not necessarily tell me you were in Iraq or Afghanistan. There is a Vietnam veteran who passed away. His wife called and asked me for help to get a widow's pension. He died from lung cancer, which is a presumptive condition. He got the Expeditionary Medal for his time in Vietnam. There are no records he was in Vietnam. I cannot help her get her pension. So if you got the Global War on Terrorism Expeditionary Medal, you can trade it in for either the Iraq or Afghan medal. But get an updated, it's called a DD-215. It's the updated 214. Get them to at least add your theater because that is going to be a cornerstone to proving presumptive exposure. Yeah, and that's important because like I got the I have the the guat as we call it, but I also have my Iraq campaign ribbons. Absolutely. Like so when you walk in my door, I'm gonna say you are in Iraq. It's a telltale sign. Yeah. Now we talked you touched a little bit about this. I want to ask a little more specifically. Uh for females, are sure. there uh, like uh because you mentioned at Camp Lejeune there were cases of male breast cancer. What sort of specific conditions, how has this affected females in in any sort of specific way? So, like I said, there's the increased breast cancer. Uh, there's increases in, in inability to conceive naturally or to carry a child to full term. And so that's where you talk about natural biological function. And so the loss of natural biological function is a rateable thing at the VA. Uh, it's called loss of a creative organ. There's a special monthly compensation code that goes with it. So instead of like, I have tinnitus, I got 10%, special monthly compensation is a flat amount that's paid in addition for the loss of the creative organ. Oh. And so that's a huge thing. I mean, you've got, you've got folks that are not going to be able to conceive children. That's why when Congressman Jeff Miller was chairman of the House Veterans Affairs Committee in the last Congress, the VFW was happy to fight uh, for legislation that not only helped provide money for in vitro fertilization, 
that would be provided by either DOD or VA, and the VA component was the big win there. But we also were able to get support, financial support through the government, federal government, uh, for tax breaks and things that exist for adoption. And so now folks are going to be able to get the help that's out there because, you know, having, having children is a major milestone in someone's life. And when I sit you down and I say, I'm sorry, you can't have kids, that's a blow. Yep. Yeah. And so we need to be able to do something about that. I absolutely agree. Now, um, what was I about to ask? Yeah. How long has the VA been tracking this? Because I know that they do now, but, and we know that sometimes the VA is a little reticent to get involved in certain things. Like the, right now, they're not wanting to look at medical marijuana or things like that. How long has the VA been actively engaged in this battle? Uh, over toxic exposures for many, many, many years. Uh, so, as soon as uh, some of the first Vietnam vets came home after Agent Orange started being sprayed, they started filing claims. There was a group of veterans. We just had a legislative win thanks to uh, Senator Claire McCaskill in Missouri working with groups like the VFW. There was actually uh, a ship in Italy that was bombed by, uh, by the Axis powers, the German uh, Luftwaffe. And on board this American ship were uh, chemical weapons, and we Uh-oh. had them there. And so this explosion happened, and there were people that were hurt. Um, mustard gas exposure for World War II veterans. Uh, World War II, that far back, was something we just won uh, for a group of them. And so it's been going on for quite some time. And you know, one of the big hindrances, people say, well, why don't we just do it? If we've got all the science, the $64 billion question, not the 64000 uh, why don't we just go fix this? And it is that uh, they're asking where we're going to get the money. So there are members of Congress who would say, how do we pay for this? And the VFW's position is we've served, we've done our time, you should take care of us. Uh, and I'll give you an example. The Blue Water Navy sailors, uh, those are the Navy veterans who were, you know, 5, 10, 12 miles out to sea. They drank water that was contaminated by Agent Orange because they would spray the Agent Orange, it would float through the river, out to sea, Navy ships do a distillation process and they create fresh water out of salt water. And there is science that shows that that, that process distillation actually amplifies oh, wow, really? the poison in Agent Orange. And so these are veterans who are suffering from the same conditions as those boots on ground. It is $1.3 billion over 10 years. That's how Congress scores mandatory spending, 10 years. And so uh, there's a lot of people, 313 co-sponsors to the piece of legislation in the House that would help the Blue Water Navy sailors. But there are members of Congress say, how are we going to pay for this? Yeah. The FW says that, no. And, and some of the ideas on how to pay for it are to cut other benefits. And that's a hell no from the VFW. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, it's, it's, uh, that's where we stand. So the science is there. Uh, the emotional support is there. It's convincing Congress to pay for it. Right, yeah. That's uh, another question is, have there been – you don't. You would think there wouldn't be pushback for trying to help veterans, but what has been the government response? Has the government been slow to respond to this sort of thing, or are they jumping on it like the VA has? So, from start to finish, meaning that you know we get it all the way through the process, and then the veteran gets to start filing their claim. Uh, again, the cost is what's the holdup. There is the emotional support, and and I, I can tell you, the Vietnam veterans, God bless them, because they've gone through hell over this one with Agent Orange. And that's why I think a lot of them are so supportive of the post-9-11 veterans getting their benefits because they don't want us to be that next generation. And, uh, you know, the Agent Orange Act that was passed in the late 90s that actually created these presumptive conditions, uh, there was a brief period of time where any Vietnam vet, including those Blue Water Navy sailors, were included. 
And after they wrote, because you pass a law, then you write the regulations. They wrote the regulations. They pulled 100,000 Blue Water Navy sailors out of the presumptive group and said, I'm sorry, you no longer have VA benefits. What? Why? Because they argued, the VA, in the regulatory process, and uh, the administration at the time, um, this was in the early 2000s, argued that the science was not strong enough to support that the Blue Water Navy sailor, was their conditions were directly connected to Agent Orange. Gosh. And, and, you know, science says otherwise, and then the law of, of... statistics says otherwise when you get that many people in one room with the same problem you have a problem exactly so it's uh that's where we are what's the v uh what's the vfw's history with this how long i I assume as far back as vietnam because the vfw's been around for a long time we've been around since 1899 so wow so how long has this been a an active priority for the vfw for the entire time. So we've been seeing that there are, you know, the VA, so the VA process as a whole, the need for help is one of the reasons that the VFW was first founded. And then as we started seeing these industrial compounds and defoliants and other things in the nature of the toxic exposures, as we call them, come up, we immediately jumped on board. Our organization is driven by our members, not some CEO making decisions on their own, but our actual members voting on resolutions at our national convention. And so each year, like this this coming uh July, we'll be going to Kansas City for our convention. We're going to go in a room, and average members of the VFW are going to vote. And average members each year vote. We have a very comprehensive resolution on toxic exposures. And when we come back, that's a lawful order. I am ordered by the 1.7 million members of the VFW and its auxiliary, which is our family members, to go and work on this. And we have an amazing legislative staff and a National Veteran Service staff who work together in D.C. on the Hill every day. We're physically on the Hill every day because our office is on the Hill. We're right behind the Supreme Court. And so this has been a huge priority for us for the whole time uh, from top to bottom in the organization. All right. Now, uh, we get a little personal here. Uh, what exactly do you do for the VA? Like, is toxic exposures your main issue? For is the VFW, not yeah. VA. Uh, VFW, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, the VFW. What exactly is your primary role So there? as a member of the legislative staff, I'm responsible for our grassroots political activism, getting people out to knock on their congressman's door and having the ability to say, to speak, coherently when the congressman answers the door. I also handle issues related to veterans that live in rural areas and why that's a huge thing. So if you have a long-distance drive to the uh, VA, for example. I handle issues related to budget and appropriations process, which today is a really fun one. And I also <laughs> handle the toxic exposure portfolio. And so it's a policy portfolio that that you know that I'm really passionate about. And, and what's really nice is the VFW gave me the ability to really build that. Um, and I'm one of the reasons I'm so passionate about these things is I'm very involved in the organization. I'm actually the number two officer for the whole state of Virginia for the VFW. Uh, and so in June, I become state commander. Hopefully, if I get elected, I'll become state commander. <laughs> Let me qualify that one. And so I see this every day, veterans living in rural areas, veterans that are suffering from conditions, veterans who need help. I get veterans because, again, I'm accredited to do claims who call me and say, can I can drive two hours in this direction and not get the neurologist I need, or I can drive two hours in this direction and maybe get the neurologist I need, what do I do? You know, the, the story I told you about the woman who, who her husband was a Vietnam vet, right. I literally sat at her dinner table in, in Marion, Virginia. If you want to know where that's at, that's about five and a half hours south of here. And I had to look her in the eye and say, ma'am, there's no evidence. And so it's, uh, what do I do? I get up every morning, I put on a tie to go give the best I can because we have an amazing staff who are extremely dedicated, and I get to work in some awesome policy area that, that I'm equally dedicated to. Well, that's uh, really cool. Tell me uh, briefly, what 
uh, how does it feel knowing that you're helping veterans like this? You know, it is awesome, but it's also because it's like, yeah, we won this and we won that. But then I also look at the long list of things that we still need to get done. And so it's, it's humbling. Um, and, and, and sometimes, you know, when you get looked in the eye by someone who says that they support veterans and then the same breath, they ask how you're going to pay for it. It's, it's sad. And so it's, it's, it's the full spectrum of emotion, but I wouldn't do anything else in my life. Okay, now tell me, if people want to learn more about this, where can they go? VFW.org. You can also call us at 1-800-VFW-1899. All right, we want to thank Ken Wisen for coming on the show. We learned a lot today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t